Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to the Behind the Business Show with your host, Ryan Drake. This podcast is my attempt at documenting the real-life learnings and lessons of growing and scaling businesses. Each week, we'll peel back the layers of what it truly takes to scale and give you the insights and tools you need to take your business to the next level. No fluff, no filler, just pure unfiltered access to the minds that make businesses blow up or bust. Let's get down to business. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for tuning in today. I have the honor and privilege of having the wonderful Olivia Ward on today's pod episode. Olivia is not only a client, but a a dear friend of mine who I've gotten to know since, goodness me, maybe like April or May of last year. And it has been so beautiful just to watch this incredible woman share her property investing knowledge with the world and so it's an honor to learn from her today and if you don't know the really the really cool thing that um, has transpired over the last six months uh, working together has been really positioning you as the number one property coach in Australia and playing into that uh, into that vision and Olivia how many people have you actually helped get started with investing into the property market now? Uh, pretty close to 100 people. Um, wow. I've got probably like 60 or 70 sort of like active clients. But yeah, overall, there's obviously in my world sometimes, um, yeah, you've got to help, help some other people that um, might not be in the position um, to actually jump on board with my service. But yeah, I'd say, yeah, somewhere between that, that 70 to 100 mark. Amazing. And how did you get started in all of this? Like, tell us your, tell us your background. Some, some listeners may already follow you. Some listeners are completely green to who Olivia Ward is. Paint that picture for us. Like you're such a diverse, um, thinker, (laughs) not just, I think you're the way in which you think about the world really influences how you invest. Right. And so how did you get into this game? What made you start investing for yourself and then want to help others? Ooh. All right. So first of all, my story started around when I was like a teenager, I'd actually, my family grown up with like a lot of pretty, very comfortable. Right. And by the age of 15, 16, parents got divorced. They lost everything. I lost my home and my whole childhood was like shaken up. And so I had, had a nice lifestyle taken away from me. So that was the first sort of like, Ooh, this is what this feels like. And then when I was about the age of 21, 22, maybe even later, maybe even 23, uh, both of my parents in the space of like this 12 month period had worked out that they were financially screwed basically. And that that meant that they were gonna have to swap their time for money and continue working every day until they basically couldn't physically work anymore. And then I just remember that just hit me like a ton of bricks of like, what on earth is life about? Like surely, there is a better way at living. Like I'm, we're born into, well, I was born into one of the top <laughs> number one countries in the world. Um, surely there's, there's a better way at not having to swap your time for money all the time. And I'm also a person, I've never been like, been told, uh, liked being told what to do also. Mm-hmm. So that came out uh, teenage I was years, like, right? hell no, mm-hmm. I want to have more options. Pardon? That came out in your teenage years a little bit, right? Yeah, came out of my teenage years. Yeah, hundred percent. I was very much the uh, yeah, don't don't tell me what to do type of kid. I mean, I was a year ten high school dropout, by the way, as well. So no qualifications because I was. I've always just been like, I don't like the system. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like being told what to do. So, uh, so yeah. So then I went on the journey of like, okay, I don't have any qualifications. Um, I, I was, I was also very dyslexic. I still am. I very much struggled to read and write and uh, you 10 high school dropout, like, right. I don't have really have many skills, um, in terms of corporate skills. Uh, what can I do? What other sort of areas are there to build wealth? And then, yeah, it just popped into me one day where I was like, well, everyone talks about real estate. People just say, go buy property and, and everyone, as soon as someone mentions someone in real estate, everyone's like, oh, money rich. I was like, sweet. I'm going to learn that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to learn that. 
So I just went and bought, just like everyone else, when you know your parents go say, yeah, go buy one house. I just went and bought one house. But I then, do. this is where it changed. I do. This is when, all of a sudden, I accidentally bought a property by accident in a really good location. And I had made just under $200,000 the day after it settled. Yeah. Now that's wild. So I got a bank to go in and do an evaluation on my first property and it had gone up by 200K and I was like, oh, I've won the lotto. Like, what the hell do I do with this money? And I knew there was something you could do with it, but I just didn't know what, because no one could actually articulate that to me. People tell you to go buy properties, right? And they say, oh yeah, because nationally properties like double every seven to 10 years, right? It's actually every 10 to 12 years, by the way. Um, and so I thought, well, what, I need to do something with this. I need to use it in a smart way. But guess what? I also didn't know anyone who had been really successful in real estate either. So I was like, who am I going to learn off? <laughs> so um, that's when I started to learn that 90% of Australians, Australian property investors get stuck in two properties. So they can't get past two. But yet 90% of millionaires are made from real estate. How interesting. How do we bridge that gap? Well, that's what I now do is to try and bridge that gap for yeah. more people to feel fulfilled and get to their freedom, choice and abundance that they deserve. So, so that's tell the us, very beginning of my investment yeah. journey. So you bought this one house, it obviously made you a yep. bit of money and you then were trying to figure out, okay, cool, what do I do with this equity in the home, this, this valuation, do I sell it? Can I use it to do something else? Tell us a little bit about the next couple of fumbles or the things that you end up having to learn by going from that first property to building your portfolio. Because you obviously did that first, right? Before you started to teach other people how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is critical learning. So I looked around at everyone that I knew and I was like, who do I go to for advice? I don't know why, but intuitively, I was always a person that just only ever went to people who had already succeeded in what I wanted to achieve. So like I, I remember when I was like 15 or 16, I, cause I was quite, I was a kid with an attitude and I remember saying to my, I think it was my, it was either my accounting teacher at school or my business or my business teacher. And I'd asked them, I'm pretty sure it was my accounting class. And I asked her, and turned around and said, you're teaching accounting, are you an accountant? She said, no. And I was like, then how can you teach accounting if you're not an accountant? So I had already had that in my belief system of like only go seek advice from those who have already, you know, proven or done what you want to do. So I, so at the age of 22 or 23, around that age, I was like, okay, so I don't know anyone who's built an entire property portfolio. So I went straight to YouTube. That's where I went. I typed into YouTube. YouTube. I don't know exactly yeah. what I typed in. Maybe something along the lines of, pardon? YouTube University, right? YouTube University, right? <laughs> so then I typed in something along the lines of um, how to build wealth in real estate. I don't know, how to build a portfolio. And then this one guy came up that I was so aligned to. And then he ended up with some guy from Sydney, 27 years of age and had gotten to like 70 properties by the age of 27. And he was just from Sydney. Um, and I was just really aligned to him. Um, and turns out that he had a whole series of, of things to learn from on YouTube. So I just sat there and he had nine years worth of content for me to learn from on YouTube. Now this is, we're talking probably about eight, nine years ago now where there was no such thing as podcasting. Back then it was, it was literally books or YouTube was starting to build up. So yeah, I got my hands on every single uh, financial book, property book that I could. I'd be sitting on the train on the way to work. I would commute, I'd be on the train for three hours every day. I lived in Melbourne, um, going from the suburbs to the city and I'd read all the books I could get my hands on. Um, during lunch breaks, even during, because I ended up having started off being a call center worker at Optus. And then uh, I'd end up having this back-end admin job where I'd sit there and I'd listen to 
these YouTube videos during work hours because I was no longer customer facing. And so I would do what a lot of typical um, new entrepreneurs do when they start up is, you know, you're, you're starting to learn and, you, and, and, and leverage the time within your nine to five job as well. So I started doing that. So I was like, sweet. I could do my job, my nine to five job in the first three to four hours of the day. And the second half of the day, I'll just smash out real estate learning. Um, and so I learned from this guy. Um, and what I, the key takeaway here, and I'll never forget this. So then I was deciding about what am I going to do with this $200,000 worth of equity? I know I need to position it, but how do I position it really, really well? So essentially what he taught me is go and buy cheaper bread and butter properties that are in high growth areas. They're going to be cash flowing. The cash flowing is the, is the missing piece that Australians don't do to building wealth and then make sure you can add value to that property in some way, like doing a small cosmetic reno, right? And so this is where I was at this big crossroads. So I'm like, at this point, I think I'm like, I'm 25, $20,000 up. What am I going to do with it? I went and asked, I remember texting maybe like six friends or family who had kind of dabbled in real estate a little bit, maybe had one or two properties. And I went and asked them, Hey, what would you do? Would you buy one property by the beach? It's a little bit negatively geared, uh, really great location in Frankston in Melbourne at the time. Or do you reckon I should go and buy two cheaper properties with this same money that are highly cash flowing, but it's in a major regional town um, and really great way for me to add value. And all of those people had told me, those friends and family, go buy the one that's slightly negatively geared in that, mm-hmm. that beach location. Yeah. But guess what? My mentor, I knew my mentor, the guy that I've been learning from told me, no, don't do that. He told me, go buy the other two cheaper, smaller ones in the more regional area. It's going to be cash flowing, but it's also got a bit of movement going in growth. So I did that. That there was the catalyst because I remember sitting there for like three nights, stressing, freaking out. Which way do I go? Which way do I go? And the whole, all I had to do was just follow my gut. And now as a business owner, I use my gut a lot and follow my intuition for a lot of what I do. Um, so yeah, it was that move was the catalyst to the rest of my my portfolio growth was take was not listening to those who hadn't already succeeded in what I wanted to and just followed my gut my intuition from the person that had succeeded in where I wanted to go. That was a long, yeah. long, long journey around the answer. Did I answer that question? Of course. Yeah. I think what's really interesting Olivia, is um, that most people who get into the property game don't have a mentor, don't have someone to guide them. They're just told, okay, bye a investment property uh some people make the mistake then of also buying you know one bedroom apartments in high story buildings or they've heard this term negatively geared and their minimal understanding of it is that the government's going to subsidize part of that or you can offset it against your taxes and and so without much experience without any guidance going into the market and then realizing oh it's not all it's cracked up to be so it makes sense that people are getting stuck at that one to two property. Mark, what do you see as the biggest mistake that investors who are coming to see you, what are they making? What are, what are they doing in the markets at the moment that are just like silly things that you actually end up guiding them to correct when they're working with you? Mm. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> What's the top one? <laughs> um, a lot of the people assume that they can't move forward. So they, they lack the knowledge or the data around what are actually their options. Um, that's one, two people act on fear way too much. They watch the media. Um, and that, as you know, in the media, what's the saying, uh, what bleeds reads, right? And, and, and in the real estate market, they love to do that. So like, for example, at the moment, there's all this hype that all this property is going down. Actually, that's not factually true. Yeah, Melbourne and Sydney in the suburbs have had slight decline. It's like down, I think it's three or maybe even 6%, I can't remember, uh, for for the end of 2022. But guess what? Everywhere else is going up, right? And so Mm -hmm. a lot of investors look at uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Australians just treat all of Australia as one, one market. It's not one market. Actually, there's 15,264 suburbs in Australia. 
And so every single suburb is its own market. And so, yeah, that's where I would say most people are making the mistakes at the moment is getting locked in and to the fear um, that it's all collapsing when it's not. Um, assuming that they can't move forward when they possibly can. You've just got to learn to have the right people in your team. Mm. What's another one? Um, oh, there's just so many. Uh, another one, another another thing that investors I typically find are the, the, the two scared, not investors actually, I would say people who don't have the potential to be successful investors. I would say those who are too fearful to actually take a step and invest their money uh, because it is factually true that like as humans swapping your time for money you cannot work as hard as compounding once you use the once you learn the rule of compounding and once you once you can understand how to pull your money from somewhere and put it into a machine that's going to work harder for you um, yeah you 10x your wealth very quickly um, but a lot of people just aren't educated around the impacts of, of compounding. And when I was younger, it's like I knew it, but I didn't know how to articulate it. And now I articulate it for people. That's awesome. Sometimes it's just a one slider, a vision page to say, this here is the vision of where is the actual hardcore numbers of how wealthy you would be in 10, 15, 20 years from now if you do it. So, yeah, yeah. And what, do you, what do you think? Um, once someone breaks through mentally from that one to two per like one to two property limit that some may have, and they move beyond that, what then becomes possible in their portfolio? Like, what are, what are you playing for? What's your end game? Do you do you have a number in mind or a figure in mind that your property portfolio can grow to to then unlock something else in your life? Yeah. So it's funny, we talk about this a lot of real estate, is that a lot of people think that they come to me and think, oh, I need like 20 properties to build wealth. No, you don't. The average for most people, now this is most people, I'm just averaging out here. Most people come to me and say, Liv, I want $100,000 of passive income in 10 years, right? That's what they most want. Most people say that figure, right? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, do you know, it's so funny as well, because I have people who earn $50,000 a year who say they need 100 grand to retire, but you're not even making that right now. You're living right. without that. And then I also have people who earn $500,000 a year come to me, high corporate people come to me, say, I only need $100,000 a year. Interesting, right? Interesting concept. Why is it this $100,000 mark? But anyway, so that's a whole entire other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, it's actually typically somewhere between five to 10 properties that most people need to set them free and give them this abundance and life choice and options that they desire. But something actually happens around property four and five for most people. Okay. Because when you get to five properties, um, you are te technically you're in the top 1% of investors. That's oh. it. That's a sad stat. Only five properties, and only, you only need, and then you're already in the top one percent, right? Is that just so? Anyway, Australia or is so that somewhere between four here? and five. This is just Australia, yeah, Australian data, cool. yep. So, but actually, a lot of uh, a lot of other first world countries are quite similar data, though, mm -hmm. um, such as New Zealand, America, UK, that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, so what happens is <laughs> around this property four and five is there's this shift of this anxiety disappears. Because all of a sudden, people have this tangible, like, oh, I can actually see now how these properties are gonna perform for me in the next five, 10 years from now, I can actually relax. That happened for me at property number six. For most people, it's around four or five. So I have a lot of people who, are, who come to me like, yeah, Liv, let's go, let's get like 10, 15 properties, woo. And then they're like, hang on a second, four or five? Actually, I don't need to hustle this much. It's actually gonna um, provide a lot more for me than I anticipated. And it's already starting to change my life five years in. And they're starting to see the, the fruits of what they've made as well. So for me, I used to get asked, how many properties do you want? 
And the thing is, Ryan, is that like, it doesn't matter how many properties. It's about the outcome that those properties are going to give you. So, how much like for example, I can get you 200,000. <laughs> right, that's where we're going. How much to cash flow do you want, right? So let's just say you come to me and you're like, Lever, I want $200,000 worth of passive income. Mm-hmm. You can have $200,000 of passive income in 20 properties or five properties. So the number of properties don't matter. It's about how those properties are going to perform for you. And that's where you really need a team to actually articulate like what property purchase price are going to be yields and all of this sort of stuff. Right. And so I don't focus on, I constantly get asked, live, what's your net wealth? Right. I know Ryan, we've spoken about this before. I'm not tracking my net wealth because you could have net wealth and not be able to tap into it at all. To me, the metric that I'm tracking is cash flow, because cash flow is the number that provides for my lifestyle. And that's why we're all investing at the end of the day. We're all investing for totally. um, some sort of emotional goal at the end. It's, Sorry, it's funny you say that. As, it's, it's funny you say that, um, my partner, Emily, uh, her, she comes from a farming background, right? And so the typical thing that you hear farmers say is asset rich cash, poor so in in some places actually all they're waiting for is for an increase in property on the farmland or in the you know the land itself to then be able to sell and cash out the day-to-day stuff isn't always profitable margins on farming are anywhere from you know one to three percent very low profit wise so it's interesting to then think about well if you can if you can meet all your expenses and you can factor into what it is you want cash flowing for for you to sustain the lifestyle you want to live whatever that is travel buying things having a nice car the home whatever it is if you can then design your your life and your property portfolio around that then you kind of take a paintbrush and figure out, um, that's why people work with you, right? Figure out how many properties they need to be able mm. to cash flow for the lifestyle they want. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, like I have I have three farming clients at the moment. They've all got capital, can't touch it unless they sell because um, they don't have the cash flow. So, but it, it it's quite remarkable because the amount of people that could actually be reply, uh, be retired, like have their income already, have cash flow already. They don't know how powerful that their capital is that they've got just sitting there and they've just got to position it. Like, like if you had $300,000 worth of equity in a home at the moment, that could easily get you. Now, this is just talking about capital. There's obviously, there's obviously lending, but that's another whole topic that is actually my my forte of being able to assist people anyway. Um, about $300,000 could simply get you three properties in year one, sit on them for two years, buy another couple, and then by year, very conservative, by year seven, eight, you could completely replace your income of like a hundred, if you wanted a hundred thousand dollars with cash flow. That is very achievable by year seven, year eight, using that. Um, scenario of just $300,000 of, ca- of equity in a home. Mm-hmm. Wild, right? Yeah, there's going to be some lending op- uh, hurdles we have to get through for some people. That's my forte, working with the brokers on that. But then it's like, there's this, you know, this world of opportunity that people don't know that they have just sitting there. So fun. And I think what I love is how and, and, and listeners don't actually know this, but I get to see like Olivia behind the scenes and just how excited she is to show up for her clients and how often you're thinking about, oh, how can I serve Bob and Joe and John and, you know, Cindy? Um, and, and your whole face lights up because you give people the joy of seeing what they could not see before, which I just think is so magical and, and actually pave a pathway forward that doesn't require them slaving away for the next 20 years to put money into a retirement account. Average Australian salary is, I don't know, 64K a year, roughly. Um, And there's all these other challenges, but 
Most people, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Olivia, most people build their property portfolio by having a nine to five, and then they are building, building their wealth slowly, uh, but leveraging mm -hmm. what has typically been seen, or I think nine to fives get sh shot on a lot at the moment, in, in, the, in the sexiness yeah. appeal of being an entrepreneur, but most millionaires actually build their wealth by having a, a, a job that then allows them to put some money aside and then progressively invest. And if you, know, you help people who own their first home leverage their equity that they don't even know that they can utilize to get into the market, which I think is remarkable, and then actually replace or supplement their income, which I think is amazing. Um, like you said, to then help people have this lifestyle or have options where they're now free. So they can choose to keep working if they want to, keep playing the game, keep stacking property, um, use that cash flow into acquiring other businesses or assets, whatever they'd like to do. And what have you seen, I'd love to hear, with your clients, what have you seen open up once they've got the ball rolling? Like what sort of transformation are you noticing with your clients in terms of the aha moment? Because when they're talking to you on the first call, it's kind of conceptual. And then they get the keys to the, or they, they know that the keys are handed over to the first tenant and they get the money in their account. What are you sort of experiencing, witnessing that with your clients? I'm going to say the vision. It's like all of a sudden they have a picture painted for them. Mm. And now they're like, oh, that was easier than I expected. Because obviously like when you have like a coach and people to tell you what to do and how to think about it, uh, people, it's funny because I, I would have maybe some investors come to me that have maybe five, six properties already. And when we actually, when I actually show them, Hey, this is how loaded you're going to be right in five years from now, a lot of them take all of this pressure off their shoulders and they stop hustling so hard. And because they're like, Oh, I'm actually well more financially better off than I'd expected. Um, I don't actually need to do much more. I can actually just let leave my portfolio alone. And it's going to keep compounding and it's going to go from cash flow of maybe 40 grand a year to uh, $150,000 a year in the next five years. But I actually don't need to do anything else. But then there's those people who are like, oh, that first one was so much easier than I anticipated. I actually didn't need to use any of my own money, right? Key as well. A lot of people think that you need your own cash. If you, if you have equity already in a home, you can actually build, use equity without using any of your own cash. And so a lot of people are like, oh, that was easier than I expected because I have the context around every step that I'm doing. Let's go for the next one. And so because the thing that I like to talk about to people and why I'm why I'm also a coach uh, as a property coach is that a lot of a lot of uh, Australians typically find the overall process quite stressful. Of course. And maybe it's been an average of six to nine months, right, to search for a property. And then they're like, oh. Oh my goodness, that one, if they do it on their own, they're like, oh, that one property was so stressful. Um, I, I, I need a break for 12 months, right? And then, but what I like to do is just change that because if you, that 12 months could be the difference of you uh, 10Xing and meeting your goals or potentially bringing your wealth or your retirement from 20 years down to 10 years, right? Mm. Purely if you were to buy properties a lot more quicker and so, yeah, it's not just about the numbers and the financials that you're going to have at the end of the day. It's also the experience and the emotional feelings you're going through throughout that process to feel like you're supported and you've got the right team so that you can buy the next one much quicker uh, without it being so stressful. So that's where I really want to make an impact and a change is people who've got the capital there, who think that it's all stressful. How can I get them to be as bullish on properties what I am, how can I get them to that level as well? Mm. And most of it's just increasing their knowledge. Mm. That's really cool. <clears throat> I think 
what yeah I mean some of the stories that you're sharing as well of people just getting into the game completely green don't understand it but they're coming to you to help them end to end as well and I think that's a common misconception is that the investing game has to be hard or you have to do it all on your own and sometimes people aren't even aware that actually there are people like yourself who can help with the whole entire journey so it's not just you trying to struggle on your own to figure out which suburb in Australia is cash flow positive to buy in, right? And that's actually what you, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do for some client who wants to come and see you, they chat, you work out that they've got this equity in their home that they're, uh, they've got access to, uh, and assuming that they can borrow some additional capital and that is it being given the tick of approval, what then can you do uh, for people who are excited but don't know where to start and, and want to get into the game? Yeah, so uh, first things first is setting up your team. So making sure that if you're going to move from being a mum and dad investor, you know, to a professional investor, um, you need to have high quality team. Just like if, you know, if you're a business owner and you want to scale a business, you need to have, as a, you're a CEO, right? And so you need to employ like really good quality people with on your team to provide quality service. Um, same thing in real estate, same thing with building wealth, right? You are building a business. So a property portfolio needs to be treated like a business. So you are the CEO. So you also need to be, uh, be able to source the best of the best people. So you need the best broker, the best accountant, the best buyer's agent, all of these sort of people. But a lot of people also don't have the time to go and source for those people as well. And so that's also what I provide as well, is I provide my team that I have taken eight years uh, to source. I've gone through about 12 pretty crappy bro uh, brokers. I've now finally found what I deem as the best broker in Australia. I have also gone through four shitty buyers agents as well. Sorry, three. Uh, the fourth one was the one who I'm now partnered with. And it was actually funny. So yeah, so to answer your question, um, having the right people on your team is the first step, right? To make sure that you're getting the right advice um, and mapping everything out right so that you don't get blocked down the, uh, down the track from a financial perspective but also so that it's an easy, relaxed process as well. And making sure that each of those people are aligned to your strategy. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the team is the first people that you get um, when you walk into my world as well, my team, who I use. Um, and then- The best of the best, right? The second yeah. part is- Hand on heart, you back them. The best of the best. Yeah. Yep, hand on heart, I back them. They're who I use. Um, like for example, uh, so I actually thought I wanted to be a buyer's agent, right? Uh, which I'm not, and I do sometimes get confused with that. Uh, so after I had purchased my, I think it was my fourth property. So I went and used, I went and sourced the, the guy that I was originally telling you about who's my original mentor. Mm -hmm. So he has his own buyer's agent. So I obviously went to him first. And although he's an amazing investor and mentor, his business model of how he serves his clients as a buyer's agent's model was real, was pretty poor. So yeah, I was like, wow. nah, not gonna use you, horrible experience. I actually ended up asking for my money back. Wow. Didn't even go through the whole process of him actually sourcing for my property. I was like, nah, give me my money back. This is too bad. I can barely get a hold of your team. That's how bad it was. So anyway, he basically just scaled this business too quickly, right? He has too many hands in too many different pies. But anyway, so then I went to one of his next competitors um, who was much younger than him, but they were like head to head these guys, but I loved both of them uh, from a mentoring perspective. And I actually used his service. His service was much better, but guess what? From a end to end customer service perspective. So business model was much better. However, the results of what he was searching for was horrible. Oh, no. So what I mean by that was that he had no strategy of sourcing properties in booming locations. Now you need this as an investor to be successful. You need to have quick capital growth. And so this guy's strategy, which is no strategy at all now that I know, 
it was his strategy strategy was just like oh you will just buy i'll just buy you any property with within a 20 to 30 uh 20 to 30 uh kilometer radius of any major capital city and i was like hang on a second that's no better than me just going to realestate.com and getting that for myself totally so then i was like oh great so there's i've just paid you 15k for what <laughs> and guess what four years later i still have seen zero growth in that property and he bought that property for me in brisbane so that's the reason why you can't also just go and buy any property within any major capital city it's kind of like gambling right you might get lucky yeah yeah it's a bit of a gamble um because it is factually true that if you buy a property in australia if you hold it for 10 to 12 years it will double right on average who wants to just hold a property for 10 to 12 years though and just hope that it goes up pray like that's no strategy just pray and hold um you would have been so, better investing yeah, in so than 10 years because ago, of right? that yeah, yeah, you would have, absolutely. And sold out in 2017, done absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, so, yeah, so um, then what happened? So then, so then the fact that I got zero growth out of that property, that was one of the catalysts for me being like, oh, I hated I hated this, I was taken advantage of, what a silly, silly strategy, I'm gonna go be a buyer's agent and do it better. Right, so then I enrolled in to do my buyer's agent's license. So I enrolled into Australian Buyers Institute of Australia. And I did this six week course. And I remember being in this course thinking, this is so bad, no wonder the industry is screwed. Because they were just setting the bar so low for what a buyer's agent was. And then I was looking at all of the people and 95% of the guys in the industry were like, you know, rocking up in their Lambos, in a suit, real salesy, like classic car salesman. I was like, I also don't want to be identified as that industry either. And I was like, yuck, I don't want to be that. Um, I'm just the average Aussie girl over here, like, who doesn't like wearing a suit. And I don't want to be rocking up to houses and inspections and, and all of that sort of stuff. It's not my thing. So then I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I was still a nine to five employee at this stage thinking fuck like there's so much sorry for sorry there's like so much of a of a um problem or a gap here but i didn't know what role i wanted to play and so interestingly enough i ended up sourcing what i've now deemed as the best buyers agent in australia and who i'm deemed and who i am partnered with and they sourced my last two properties and i got phenomenal results exactly what you would what you would want and I went to him and I was like, and he had me on his podcast show one day and he go, and I go, right, talking to the CEO, I want to help Australians. I'm just going to, I don't know what my title is going to be. So I didn't have this property coach title, by the way. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just launched into my social media and said, everyone, I'm formally going to start helping Australians build wealth. I'm going to tell you what, uh, help you with, you know, building out a portfolio. I don't know what it means, but this is just what I'm doing. And yeah, I'll, uh, I'll charge for my service, right? The people at the woodworks just kept, kept like coming out. They're like, yeah, Liv, just teach me what to do. So I was like, kind of like a mentor. And I told this guy, the CEO of this buyer's agent, and he's like, who's also likes to help people uh, in business. And he goes, so you're basically a property coach. And he kind of just said it. And I was like, yeah, that's my name. That's my title. I'm going to be a property coach. So I just went out and created that title. And from from my knowledge so far, I don't believe that there's any other property coaches in Australia. So I do currently believe from my knowledge that I'm the only property coach in Australia. Sorry, I went on a bit of a tangent there. I don't even know what your original question no, was. Well, well what's, what's interesting about that is, uh, you know, come back, circle back to one week ago, and then you did this viral TikTok Facebook reel clip, which has now got you booked out. How many calls you got? Like 60 plus over the next few weeks? Yeah, I've lost track now. Probably close to 70 discovery calls off of like wow. yeah, one TikTok that I then posted on Facebook Reels that just went viral, yeah. Absolutely mental. So obviously like people are excited to, I think people are hungry and people are looking for opportunities to 
build their wealth, right? They, they don't know. Maybe they've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and they've understood what an asset and liability is. Maybe that, that light bulb moment has gone off. They're like, shit, if I'm living in my own home, that is a liability. Because there's not cash flowing into my life. Maybe I need to put my car on Turo or like, you know, go get to rent it out to, to neighbours and make some additional cash flow that way. There's, there's a million different opportunities and I think property is this one that everyone knows of and talks about as this thing that maybe they can get into but they don't know how to do it. And so I think this is where you definitely come into the mix of being able to help um, people. You know, and being able to serve that audience. Yeah, thanks Ryan. Yeah, I just think... Yeah, definitely, because it's just a sad stat that 90% of millionaires are made from real estate, but 90% of investors get stuck at two properties. And sometimes it's just that extra couple of three that's just going to change their life. So, yeah, I absolutely love what I do. Um, that's why I decided to quit my nine-to-five job to do it mm-hmm. uh, because so many more Australians, like we are born into one of the most wealthiest countries in the world and we have opportunities and there's just, there's really no excuse for not becoming very, very wealthy in Australia. Like there's just about everything you need to learn online for free. If you go to my content, if you click on my link in my bio or you know, watch my reels or my TikToks or something, like so much value there for free. Um, I've also got a lot of other video content behind the scenes that I haven't even yet posted, but I, when people reach out to me, I give that out for free as well. So, um, yeah, it's just, we can all have wealth and abundance and that freedom to do what you want with your time. You've just got to go looking for it. You can have it truly believe you can have anything that you desire so I love a bit that. Of a tangent there. that's so awesome do you have a hard stop in a couple of minutes is that right or can we keep jamming for a little while I've got some more questions to ask you who who is Olivia behind the scenes we can keep jamming I love this awesome okay let's Epic. go let's go so guys you got a bit of a taste of Olivia's energy and I'll make sure that we we plug her socials at the end of this conversation I think you know this is this is the knowledgeable investor, Olivia. I want to know, you know, in, in between jet skiing and, and the beautiful rabbit hole conversations that we go around, you know, offline, how, how, do, you, um, how do you think about your business now? Because you, you know, just to paint a picture for those listening, Olivia's obviously felt this call to leave her nine to five, which was paying her well, she was set up, she was well positioned, she built this property portfolio on the side. She's like, I actually am called into helping other, you know, everyday Aussies. Uh, and, and if you guys watch any of Olivia's social, um, social media, she isn't, as she said before, she's not the, the dude in the suit with his Lamborghini trying to show you how to build millions and millions. She's really about how can people actually get started and break through what they thought was just for someone else or just for the wealthy to do. How do you manage all your clients? You you mentioned that you have 70 odd. Paint a picture of like what's the the behind the scenes of the day to day look like for you. You obviously got a whole bunch of calls happening and um, you've been busy. (laughs) So, I typically do like a free 15 minute chat with people to start off with, just to see like, what are you actually stuck with? Then I fast track you to the people that I have basically to say, right, let's go get um, your maximum borrowing capacity. Let's see how much equity you got. Let's do some evaluations on your property. I might send you a bit of training on how to do the tips and tricks to, um, tips and tricks to that as well. I. Uh, for most people I send them like a just a 40 minute video that I have which is on my social media for free anyway which is like this is what I learnt on how to build wealth in real estate watch this in 40 minutes it's basically what I learned over like the first five years so just watch that this is what you need to do to, to not uh, get stuck um, 
then once I start getting you into all the uh, meeting all the people that you need, I then have a um, uh, a paid one-on-one strategy call, which is just two hundred twenty bucks at the moment, uh, for an hour and a half with me to like work out what's the plan, what's the map, what do you actually need to do, and what are the next steps for you. Then after that, then if people want to actually um, have me hold their hand, so it's a one-on-one service for me to hold their hand throughout in purchasing an entire property. Um, I also have a coaching program package for that as well. And what that means is you get me right from the moment that we start planning right up until the moment the tenant's in the door. Typically, it's somewhere between six to nine month process. So property's slow, right? But it takes time and it needs to be slow so we can plan correctly, strategize correctly so that we don't screw up and make any mistakes in the future. So we don't we mitigate all the risks and the hurdles. Um, so yeah, good six to nine months uh, worth of me holding a hand um, and that's typically through like some sort of voice message sort of channel as well um, so that you can, yeah, if you have a question and you're like, oh, Liv, I'm feeling this or I've just been asked this by Uncle Bob at, at the local bar family barbecue and I don't understand, he's asked me, you know, how do you mitigate this or aren't you concerned about this risk? Well, then I can provide support and knowledge around this is why you're doing this. This is how you're going to be mitigating this risk as well. So you feel empowered to also have that conversation with your friends and family around you to educate them as well. Because I'm really, mm. really, really, really um, uh, motivated to also empower people so that they can spread their wealth knowledge as well around why they're investing and why they've chosen that strategy. Share the love, man. Share the love of, of building that wealth. So... Yeah, so it's a one-on-one type of service um, uh, to, to getting that in so that by the time you get to the end of your journey, so the tenant's in the door, you're now, it's our, now all cash flowing, you understand how to work with your, your accountants and your brokers moving forward, your property managers, etc., and you feel confident, my, my job here is to try and teach you the most important 80% of knowledge that you need to continue mm. thereafter me. So I can't teach you 80 to 90. I've gone through roughly probably yeah, like 80 to 90, maybe even more. Now I've lost track, maybe even 110 uh, transactions or property transactions. Um, I can't teach you all of that in one transaction. What I can teach you though, is I can teach you the most important 80% that's relevant for you in your personal situation for you to take on the rest of your journey. And sometimes it's just around the thought process of what are the questions that I need to ask. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just to get your brain thinking about better questions. To ask your team that I've now gifted you as well. So a lot of people, for example, would get stuck, their broker or their accountant, you can get asked um, different questions around your broker might say, what do you want to do here? Or your accountant asks you something else that's like conflicting. And then as the investor, you're like, I don't know which one to do. And so sometimes it's just about understanding different types of questions to then go back and ask them for then you to make the decision. So think of yourself as when you're an investor, right? As like a CEO of your business. It's your job to lean on the professionals to go down and say, accountant, what do I need to do here? Broker, what should I do here? So you go into all of these different people and asking them all of their different views. But then it's up to you to architect the solution at the end of the day. So a lot of people get, a lot of first time investors get overwhelmed with that. They're like, I don't know which option to go down. So sometimes it's about asking different questions, but having a coach articulate the pros and cons to each thing that that person's saying. So for example, a broker might tell you one thing, an accountant might tell you something completely conflicting. They can be both right, but it's just perspective. And so mm. that's what I provide is the perspective or the pros and cons to each of those things and asking different questions. So Yeah, you're like in the in their back yeah, pocket. Sorry, did that answer your original every, question? For sure. It's like you're in the back pocket, you're able to walk alongside that very first investment and teaching people how to fish for themselves, right? How to think, not just giving them an answer. Yeah. Which I think is immeasurably more valuable because someday in the future, you know, 
you're not always going to be there available for everybody to answer the specifics and rather than people thinking Olivia is Google and God and has the answers to everything, actually you're providing something much better for them, which is the ability to have the perspective from your experience dealing and coaching, you know, 100, 100 plus people now, having visibility of all these transactions, plus your team, so years and years worth of combined knowledge, then be like, this is how you can think about this problem if it shows up again in your investing journey moving forward, which I think is like so valuable. Yeah, like we talk about it all the time in the coaching space, Ryan. You mentioned all the time about, um, you know, not needing people to, to come back to you, like actually solving the problem. And my, that's one of the measures of success for me is, as a business owner now is that I, I want people to have the most information as possible so that they don't need me for the second one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my my dentist said that to me the other day. She's like, Olivia, I want you to... I was just going to say, people come back to you for the second property because they had such a mind-blowingly awesome experience for the first one. They're like... Olivia, I know I could do this on my own, but can you and your team take care of it? Because, you know, because of the results, because of the service, you're actually leaving people better off for having journeyed with you. They don't have a sour taste in their mouth from the, you know, the previous experience with the buyer's agent. It's like, oh, it's simpler and it's easier and it's more fun and it's more profitable with the right help. Yes, absolutely. Like the celebration as well. Like Ryan, you also taught me that as well as a business coach is celebrate every milestone, right? And I'm, uh, you're teaching me to do that. And I'm teaching my clients to do that as well is because property is slow, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also, it can be tricky, but when you have somebody educating you to actually celebrate every milestone, like maybe it's something as simple as, I got my pre-approval or my tenants in the door or uh, offer has been put on the table for a property. You know, all of these are really cool and exciting milestones that you want to celebrate. So I tell you now, the first property is the most exciting. Totally. And then it gets less exciting every property after that. It becomes a lot more transactional now. I had one client who, because uh, as a team, we do... 90% of the work for you. Basically, the goal is well, what we uh, what we actually provide is an end to end service where the only thing you have to do is upload your mortgage as upload your documents to your mortgage broker and sign your mortgage documents. That's it. That's as difficult as it gets when you join me and my team. And I so I had one guy who was in the middle of purchasing a property. And he was about two weeks out from settlement and he has mortgage documents being delivered to him. He needs to sign them. And he was out in the middle of Europe traveling around the world, right? Throughout this process. And we're trying to get a hold of him. And I ended up messaging. I was like, hey, bro, um, just to let you know, uh, your bank's trying to get hold of you. And you've got mortgage documents to sign because you've got a settlement in a week and a half. And he's like, oh, I forgot I bought another property. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Like that's the impact that we can have. Um, I think that was his sixth or seventh property that he still yeah. has me on his team. So that's quite phenomenal. funny. <laughs> I think what's, what's really exciting that I'm, that I'm getting from this conversation as well is that if you can help people get like, and it is just a, it's a mindset. Like once you've broken through that way of thinking and you, you can see a pathway forward and there's a clear strategy, that's what you're painting for your clients. I think is like, Hey guys, I want you to start thinking beyond just your first property. Like, can we think about what are your three to five year midterm goals here? Because if we know what that is, we can reverse engineer for what you would like to achieve from your investments. And getting people to think about it and then seeing things that they, mm. they thought were 20 years away can now be collapsed into a shorter time frame or maybe 
you know, you, I, the, the coolest story I think about your investing is that you were able to retire your partner. Like, that's really cool. Mm. You know, the fact that your partner can choose to work because she wants to, not because she has to, is so cool for me. Let you imagine retiring your parents or um, allowing your your spouse to come home from work so that they can be more present with the kids. Like that's what we're talking about. That's the exciting opportunity that opens up when you can have cash flowing, uh, you know, cash flowing property portfolio. Something that you never thought was possible. Yeah, and and to actually to that. Yeah, and to that point as well, Ryan, it's also like, people say, what are you trying to achieve emotionally? And mine is sleep. Mm -hmm. How can we take action and steps without the fear? Because a lot of people are investing because of fear. Mm. How can we shift that to not being taking fearful steps? How can we do it so that it's actually smarter steps as well? Like now, for example, um, there's a lot of Australians, interest rates are really high, and there's a lot of Australians which are gonna start taking fearful steps and just start selling stuff that they don't need to. And for some people, it's just the, the portfolio being the business just needs to be good enough to also weather a storm, such as what we're going through right now. I literally had one person just message me this morning, a friend of a friend being like, Liv, oh, she's just got, the, got their first home, right? And they were like, we're thinking of selling I can't withstand the interest rates. And I just pinged her quickly, five things, do this, 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 and this, go ask this to weather the storm, right? That's yeah, all it is. Yeah. And yeah, and so, yeah, sometimes it's just the anxiety of being free from that pressure on your shoulders of thinking like, oh, I've got to take these steps, but like actually there could be some other things just to get you through the next 12 months to hold on to that asset. Um, and that's what I've really liked is I can hold my portfolio right now because it's so cash flowing to begin with mm. that even with interest rates dropped, I'm still cash flow positive, right? And I can and I'm able to hold it through this storm. And that's what it is for me as well, is you've done so much to acquire uh, that property. How can we hold on to it? Yeah. So the sleep thing is a big thing and the anxiety of removing that so that you can take smarter steps later on. Same as in business. Olivia, let me ask you this question because you're obviously in the spaces and places with other, those top investors because of your portfolio size um, and you have data and you have insights and you're having these conversations every day. The news aside, so, as you said, you know, um, what bleeds reads. So there's all sorts of news about interest rate hikes and recession, you know, impending recession and inflation. I know you've spoken on your socials about this, inflation rates being probably closer to 17% because it doesn't factor into some other costs. That aside, what, what can you provide insight into the current state of the Australian market right now for people who are like curious, sitting on the fence, wondering, fuck, I need to go speak to Olivia or do something? Sorry, can you please repeat that question for me? Yeah, like, what are you observing in the market at the moment in terms of what's happening, um, where you kind of see it going, and what advice might you give to someone who's sitting on the fence, listening to this conversation, curious about what you do? Mm. So one would be, you've got to think of investing as a long-term game. The more you think about investing in real estate as 10-year cycles, the better decisions you'll be able to make. So that's one. So just because there's a storm now, right, being higher interest rates, doesn't mean that you can't find a property that's gonna outperform that. So I, as an investor, don't think about interest rates. 
So my number one role as an investor is to consistently grab the bank's money. You've got to think of it as like, I'm the money raiser, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, the bank's going to offer me an interest rate. It used to be 3%, but now they're 6 Cool. I'll just go and find a property that's going to outperform that interest rate. Totally. It's that. It's that simple. That's it. So we've got to think about it long term. We've also got to think about each asset as a business model to outperform whatever the leverage is that we're taking. That's simple, right? So when I'm going to raise money, I don't care about who the bank is, so what the name of the bank is. I also don't care about what the interest rate is because I know that whatever I go and um, whatever money, when I go grab that money, I'm just going to make it outperform. Same as a business owner. The business owner needs to get a loan right now and the rate's just gone from 5% to 10% and it's doubled. Sweet. It's going to work out how to make 12%. So the 2% up, right? Revenue, profit. So I love that. the same thing with investing as well. You just got to learn how to make more money with the machine that you've got and the tool. Yeah, and I, I think the perspective there is really important as well. You know, like long-term thinking beyond just getting caught up in the micro of what is happening right now in the markets. Cause that's where, you know, people lose. Actually investing is really about preservation of capital. You know, can you keep what you've got yep. and sustain it and compound it long-term and then adjusting and being smarter and um, I just come back to what Buffett always says, right? Like, be be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. At the moment, the temperament as well is, but there's fear in the marketplace. Well, fear in the marketplace is usually an indication that there's also massive opportunity. And, you know, you're talking about mindset and and protecting how we think it's like go and speak to people who are weathering the storm and have that longer term vision because they're going to give you perspective and insight that you do not have if you're listening to the news you do not have if you're listening to your friends who have no experience and they're advising you on buying the uh the beach property in frankston right yeah amen i got clients right now throughout 2020, throughout 2020 when the whole world was meant to be collapsing, right? i got clients, oh, Australia's gone down by, I don't know, 6%. But guess what? My clients are up 15, 16, 20%. Like, awesome. you know, you've just got to have the right people sourcing the right properties for you. Um, and yeah, and going to those right people um, that actually know the data. I don't even know the data, every single data. I can't know every single data. Uh-huh. Buyers agent that I'm partnered with has 22 PhD qualified data scientists. It's their nine to five job, Monday to Friday, to study property uh-huh. data. I go to them and they have AI, which costs $2.5 million to maintain that, to run that property data. As a coach and as an investor, I actually don't sit there and analyze data. I need to outsource that. Get someone else to tell me how it's performing and what it's doing and what I need to do. Same as a business owner, right? Sometimes you have to take a step back and outsource to other people um, to do that section or that niche better than what you could do. Because I just factually, as an investor and as a coach, I don't have time to sit there and analyze all the property data. There's over 140, 147 points of property data. What? I'm not going to sit there in my nine to five job and analyze that. It's going to get a team to magically push out and tell me what the data is going to be what's going to happen forecast that's wild so so olivia for people for people listening to this conversation and they're like man i you know they've learned something they've taken something away a penny's dropped for them or it's they've they might already have a um an investment uh but it's negatively geared they're unsure whether or not to keep things how do they actually reach you where do they get your resources you've got a whole bunch of trainings like you mentioned um, available, where do they find you? 
cool. So you can go to, just look me up on either Instagram or TikTok. Um, uh, my name's Olivia Ward. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm quite easy to find. Or you can head to my website, Live to Buy. I love the, love the name of my business, Live, get it, L-I-V, Olivia. Live to Buy, so L-I-V-T-O-B-U-Y.com.au. You can book in a call there. Um, or yeah, or yeah, just add me on Instagram or, or TikTok um, as well. You can follow me there or even on Facebook, let me know. Um, and yeah, I've got a link in my bio with a bunch of free trainings. Um, and uh, or yeah, or just reach out to me on any social platform or yeah, book in a call on my website. Uh, you can book in a call on my link in my bio as well. Amazing. Yeah. So next steps. Definitely blow up Olivia's inbox if you found this conversation valuable. She is Olivia Ward Property on Instagram. And I'm pretty sure your calendar is booked solid for the next month. So if you do have questions or you want to speak to her about getting into the market, she's your woman. This has been, this has been an awesome Definitely. conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I've got a few Thank slots you. left for the month. <laughs> Thank you so much, Olivia, uh, for jumping Thank on today. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I love and appreciate you so much and, and hearing more about your story too. So I can't wait for you to help hundreds and hundreds more people get into the market this year. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you for having me. God bless. That wraps up our business today. And if you loved what you heard, I'd ask that you share it with friends, leave a review and tag me at it's Ryan Drake with hashtag behind the business or jump into the Facebook group to score all of the resources from today's episode. And until next time, wishing you peace and profits. Keep building. Ciao for now.